continuing to work backwards in our studies in the New Testament. In the we started in the letters working backwards because we started in Jude, and now we're at uh, Thessalonians, and so. Obviously, even though we're going backwards, we start with the first book first. Because <laughs> this whole daily Bible study is based off of the Bible study we do with our three, um, well, we have four kids, but with the three kids that we do every day. Excuse Brandon dropping the microphone. Um, and they wanted to read the letters, but they wanted to read them backwards. So that's what we're doing. Yep, that's what we're doing. Um, but... I'm not going to say it. I refuse to say it. First Thessalonians no, is my favorite not. book. I refused. First Thessalonians is like his favorite book, you guys. Yes. Today. Today. This, the theme of Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, is the second coming of Christ and giving assurance to the believers in that. Which should give every believer in Christ great joy and Yeah, and that's awesome. This is... Paul dedicated a whole book to this. Obviously, it was based off of some concerns and understanding things, but he still dedicated a whole a whole portion of this whole book to that specific, and it becomes a theme throughout, and, and you'll see it. Obviously, it was a letter to the Thessalonians, to the Thess uh, church in Thessaloniki. Which is still there today. You can go visit it. Although most of it was the old city was burned down, but there's still it's a city in Greece. Um, but at the time, it was <clears throat> at the time it was a an extremely busy port city, and so it's got so that made it just you know there was all kinds of people going in and out of there it was the las vegas of of the or day new york city. or the new york city yeah. you know it had people exactly like that yeah probably closer to new york city um people coming and going from all over the world right so there's a lot of relevance for this for us today in this book um there's a lot of cultural relevance between where we are now and, and what it was when Paul wrote this letter uh, to them. Interestingly enough, Thessaloniki was one of the cities that Hitler wanted to directly add to as part of the Third Reich. He wanted to add it as a main base for the Third Reich. Yeah, it is really interesting when you understand in even our like modern history where these places come into play and things are still like connected and so yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's extremely interesting and 96% they had a they had a, the Jewish registration I think was in like 1942 I believe it was in Thessaloniki for the Jewish men in Thessaloniki and 96% and they had a large Jewish population 96% of them were sent to concentration camps and killed so that just wiped out the city a lot you know a good portion of there mm -hmm. there were there were a lot of Jews in it uh, so that's interesting to read some of these things in the light of the, that mm -hmm. as well so if you guys want to go ahead and pause, just say a quick prayer before we get started. We're going to read chapters 1 through 3 today, and then we'll do 4 and 5 tomorrow. But go ahead and pause. 
All right, and we'll uh, get into my favorite book for today, <laughs> right now at this moment. Yeah. While we're talking about it. Verse one. <clears throat> this letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica. To you who belong to God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, may God give you grace and peace. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and our Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit, in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. In this way you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. And let me stop right there real quick because where he says here, um, the Holy Spirit inspired the, the severe suffering it brought you. They in, Thessal in Thessalonica, they were accusing the Christians of purposely trying to overthrow Caesar and being disrespectful to Caesar and preaching a different Lord than Caesar of Christ. I think I believe it's in Acts 17. I don't want to pull it up. Like I don't want to get too far ahead, but I, I believe it's Acts 17 that you can read about that specifically. But it's it's interesting to know that yeah, it Acts was 17. is it okay? Uh, it's interesting to know that. This is the world pushing back against Christ here. You know, this is freaking out that, that this Jesus has come to uproot all of this. So, I mean, this is clear that this is, he was, he was preaching a con completely different kingdom and a completely different idea than anything in this world. Well, and obviously we know at the core of this that the whole idea is to take our eyes off of the system here mm -hmm. that we previously were probably pretty wrapped up in and instead to put our eyes completely on Christ living radically different. So otherwise, why would it be that big of a deal if they didn't care about Caesar anymore, right? If it wasn't all about Caesar, right? You know what I mean. And right. so you look at that today. That's something that we, especially with the turmoil going on within our own country now, but that's such a big thing to constantly go back on. Why, as believers in Christ, are we getting so wrapped up in the things here? Mm -hmm. Why is that where we are seating ourselves? You know, because our lives should be lived so radically different from that that we are almost looked at as a threat right. to the government system right and this was and, and this wasn't meant to compete with and and that's what paul has to specify is this wasn't meant to compete and that's why he had to constantly warn people hey look we can't be rowdy rambunctious we're not out here trying no. to scream our purpose we can't do that we have to remain subject to go ahead but that's where the difference between caesar 
and Christ is, is there's a huge difference between these two. And this, and this is proof that this is what this opposition, it was freaking out. They, they were worried about the system of Rome. You know, oh my gosh, this, you know, this is going to, this whole Jesus idea could completely crumble all of it. It could, it could do the, it could ruin it. And so they were, I mean, that's exactly what they were freaking out about. It was this, this, this huge idol that it had become to them and it, this worldly system had become more important than common sense. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so that's important to note. I guess I in inserted my opinion a little bit at the end there, but the other stuff was true. All right, verse eight. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia, for wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it, for they keep talking about what wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. And they spoke of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who rescues us from the terrors of the coming judgment. The terrors of the coming judgment would be, okay, before I explain this, I'm going to warn everybody that these, I should have said it at the beginning, but with Thessalonians, there is no way I'm, I'm going to be able to completely keep this on track as far as time goes. So warning, these will probably go longer. And I think we've probably been at a trend at letting these go a little bit longer lately. So I do apologize. I'm not. I, I'm going to try to keep them at about 45 minutes. But time spent but, in the word is never wasted. Time. Right. It's never a waste of time. But there's a lot of there's some explaining that has to to come to some of this stuff. I feel that if it takes time, it takes time, and it's important to know this. This verse right here, specifically verse 10, where Paul says that the one that, who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. Okay, there's a lot of debate in between the Christian community on what this terrors of the coming judgment, what he means by this. One side states that this was going to be the Christian persecution that lasted all throughout the reign of Nero, which would have been in the mid-60s after Jesus died. Okay, during the time of just mass persecution all throughout Rome and the surrounding areas of Christians. Um, some people make an argument from for for different different ways that that could fit in to what Paul would be talking about or the destruction of the temple in 70 AD because this this letter would have been written early 50s possibly late 40s early 50s 
um, before the destruction of the temple. So it usually anybody, which why the destruction of the temple would in, in going with their argument why that would have mattered as far as being a tear of judgment for Christians I don't understand but they they use that as part of as part of a possibility that this could be somehow Jews and not the church I guess I could see where you uh, yeah I don't I don't get and I'm sure these are public I'm sure somebody will call me an idiot and and, and correct me on that viewpoint if somebody comes across it um, as far as that specific thing goes but I know that they use some of that as saying that okay this tears these tears of the coming judgment he was not he's talking about this church specifically that was going to have to go this per through this persecution so that is one viewpoint I that doesn't hold any water biblically at all I mean that's one interpretation to it, but I don't feel that it holds in in like I said, just just basing that statement off of the Bible, I don't think it holds. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, he's clearly talking about the reach this the this the return of Christ visibly, you know, the, the, the physical return of Christ. So if we're talking Which the about, apostles are constantly referring right. to and talking <clears throat> about, so it's not like that's um you're grasping at straws here, trying right? To trying to trying to come up with some sort of weird fulfillment in yeah. this and something else. So they're constantly pointing everything toward the return of Christ, right? And the terrors of the coming judgment would have been a thing that Paul would have been communicating to uh, Christian, you know, Jews, Christian Jew believers, that they would have been rescued for because we have the last week. Daniel's 70th week, which is the seven-year tribulation period, mm -hmm. that we that we believe that we are rescued from. The great tribulation. The great tribulation. Mm -hmm. We will have tribulation, but this we're talking about the great tribulation. So I said it's Daniel's 70th week, the seven-year period, where God's final wrath will be unleashed on mankind. Which specifically, uh, Pastor J.D. Farag always has kind of coined the term. I don't know. He's coined it, but he, anyway, it's the salvation or the what is it? The seven-year tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. Mm -hmm. You know that final refinement, taking them through the period of of refining. Well, and that's I where love that. Revelation I love the way. 1 7, you know, that's where that comes in here. Where, um, well, I'm trying to turn to it. Yep. But I love the way, while you turn to it, I love the way that uh, JD puts that. I, I don't know if he, like I said, I don't know if he's the one that came up with it, but he's the one that I always yeah. hear say it. And in, to his point, that's Revelation 1 7. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. Yeah. And all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. Mm -hmm. Yes, even those who pierced him, that would be the Jews. Mm -hmm. And um, so they, you know, going back to my original point with. They would have understood these, this terrible judgment that was eventually going to be poured out just based off of what they knew from the uh, Old Testament prophets. You know, a revelation hadn't even been given yet, but they already had 
Daniel and Isaiah and Ezekiel, and they already had an yeah, idea of, of all of these things, and they were they already had this understanding of that. That's why many times Paul says in here that uh, there's you have no need to write to you because you get it. You get a general idea of what's going to happen. No, John didn't have the revelation yet. And Paul was certainly given more pieces to the puzzle of what's going to occur. Uh, but they still had a general understanding that, forgive my skateboarding children now. Yeah, they're skateboarding in the house, and we're in the basement, so <laughs> it's a little loud. And it's the girls, too. It's yeah, not the girls, girls are always skateboarding. I knew that it This is the Lord paying me back for Yes. Many years. But um, um, I think the point being, though, that they were just very clear as far as the events still to come, sure. the events that we should actively be living in accordance to. Right. They understood, they understood uh, Jesus as being the Messiah that was going to come and rule and do these yeah. things. And eventually it was going to be in a sense of, of he was coming in judgment amongst the unbelieving world like yeah. they knew that much well and i think that's where for us this big thing stands up with considering when you read through all the letters from the apostles there is constant reference to watching for looking for being aware of sharing talking encouraging one another all in um all in this very serious reality to the soon coming of Christ. I mean, that's what everything is constantly pointing toward. So the fact that it is so far removed from how we as modern Christians discuss, talk about, encourage one another with, look forward to, I mean, all of that just really blows my mind and has always been something that is really bothered us and part of our kind of pull toward doing stuff ministry wise you know I mean that that's really I guess like the large basis of why we feel we should do anything that we do yeah ultimately Paul is saying and they speak of how you are looking for how you talk about yeah, the like, coming good of Christ. for you. That was great yeah, to hear he was, he, because you should be He's acknowledging the fact that you, sh yeah, that you should do these things. And, and yeah, so that's a good way to, to finish and out. And again, because he is rescuing us from the tears of the coming judgment. Right. Rescuing us in, one, your sins being forgiven. Which I'm not sure we get this. I'm not sure where this sense comes from that we, we believe that, yes, Jesus is love and... and and forgiveness and all of these things. The next time we see but the him, next time we see him, is yeah, is, is is you're gonna be blazing a trail behind him, and he's coming with a sword. Like like you said, his robe is dipped in blood. He's got a sword. He's got he's scary. A lot of scary stuff. Not quite the picture I think we have. No. We walk into church and he's like in a field of flowers with like a little kid and a with lamb on his rouge on his, on his cheek. Yeah, yeah and his no, hair perfectly it's feathered. It's like, uh, no. like UFC warrior Jesus is who's coming. I don't know if anybody yeah. realizes that, but yeah. that's what we're going to see next. You know, that that image of him being slapped around and beaten on the cross. I mean, you're, you're you know, that gets... Even every everybody that's a Christian emotionally moved as it should. However, <laughs> he ain't no <laughs> he ain't no 
Yeah, he doesn't he, have not, to be the silent lamb yeah, who led to slaughter next yeah, time. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I was searching for the word for yeah. there. That's probably the best way to put it. That's the best. But that's what it that's is, it. and I think we forget he's, that. Yeah, and he's not going to be. He wasn't going to take that lying down, so to speak. You know, that's not. Yeah, he did for then. He did for then. But I mean, now coming back, returning, mm-hmm. the returning Jesus. Oh, yeah, it's back is, on his time it's, card. He's a different. He's a different guy. He's fulfilling a different. <laughs> he's a role. different. He, he is. He's fully God coming back, fully anointed, fully. So, yeah, we have a we we have a complete different mm-hmm. wrong view of the one that's coming. So. All right, chapter two. Let's see how I can do with this one. Verse one. You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. You know how badly we had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you, and how much we suffered there. Yeah. They was beaten and thrown out of town. So, again, this is, I don't, I think that might be X. I won't speculate. We're not doing X, but it's an X. Yet our God gave us courage to declare his good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. And you're actually would have been probably close. It was the end of Acts 16 and into the beginning of 17. Okay, there you go. So yeah, that opposition is pretty bad. Verse 3. So you can see we were not preaching with any deceit or impure motives or trickery. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Everybody should have that underlined. Because that's even so for us. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. And God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. <laughs> As for human praise, we have never sought it from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you. But instead, we were like children among you. Or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preach God's good news to you. You yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were devout and honest and faultless towards all of you believers. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urge you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. He, they pleaded, encouraged, and urged you to live in way, lives in a way that would God would consider worthy. This has to be our focus every day. We can't just be Sunday Christians. We can't just be casual Christians this is something that our lives 
have to reflect something that God would consider worthy, not what you would consider worthy. Well, yeah, because what I think is okay. Right. Not what you think. Mm -hmm. God is specific on the matter. And this isn't, well, I've got my own relationship with God and he just, he knows me. No, his commands are all across the board to every believer everywhere, and they do not change. You may have he your own personal your heart, position, but he correct? Will weigh it based correct. On correct. This. You may have your own, you know, your own personal walk and, and different things like that, but that doesn't change who God is. Verse thirteen. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when He received His message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted them as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. And then, dear brothers and sisters, you suffered persecution from your own countrymen. In this way, you imitated the believers in God's churches in Judea, who because of their belief in Christ Jesus suffered from their own people, the Jews. For some of the Jews killed the prophets, and some even killed the Lord Jesus. Now they have persecuted us too. They fail to please God and work against all humanity. As they try to keep us from preaching the good news of salvation to the Gentiles. By doing this they continue to pile up their sins. But the anger of God has caught up with them at last. We're not really sure what that means. When he says but the anger of God has caught up with them at last. There was a local... For that region famine that happened around that time that Paul could be speaking of for this specific group but that's not sure I mean I mean that's not for sure yeah that's interesting um but it, it was probably just some swift judgment that Paul understood as being the result of this verse 17 dear brothers and sisters after we were separated from you for a little while Though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come to you. And I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. That one always gets that, me every time. Me too, every time, but Satan prevented us. What do you mean, Paul, Satan prevented you? Well, exactly what he means is he... We don't know the con the exact conditions that that Satan used, um, but we do see how many different situations that Paul ran into, whether it being shipwrecked, beaten, you know, stranded on an island. Well, that's part of shipwrecked. <laughs> um, but beaten. But they got like shipwrecked said, and then stranded. So technically. Yeah, I guess they're technically, I guess you could, but... Well, and I think one of the points here that's worthwhile to, to think about is sometimes we give Satan too much power. Right, we sometimes, do. Sometimes, every time something bad happens to us, we're like, ah, oh, not today, Satan. Satan's trying to get at me, you right. know, whatever, which 
no, not necessarily. Maybe God's trying to talk to you. Right. Maybe God's trying to show you something. Maybe God knows better than you, so he didn't let that door open because he wanted this door to open. Whatever the case may be. So sometimes I think we just give Satan yes, we too do. Much we power. give all, we do give a lot of publicity to Satan that he does not deserve. Yes, yes you're right. But, but on the same token, on the same right, he is very, Satan very can prevent things. He, he is very active in well, this and that's where I mean, just an example from world. our lives is sometimes we'll be trying to do these things that we have Lex and Travis come over and work with us on, mm-hmm. um, just because we think it's great to have other brother and sister in Christ have their opinion, have their two cents, you know, have things to discuss that I think um, it's just better to discuss as a group as opposed to just us, you know? And there will be things, you know, that Lex and I, you know, Mary more than Martha or something like that that we really want to record and it's like all of a sudden everything goes wrong that day. You can just feel something in you that something is holding you back from trying to get these good things right, done. Right, some stupid You know what I mean? Like, where it's like, all of a sudden I woke up like, and I had a headache, the kids were on fire, the house was a mess, like, the washer broke, the, you know, like, all these different things will be happening and we've called one another and been like, no, mm. I am not letting you prevent me from doing this. I'm going to submit myself to prayer the whole drive up there. I'm going to call on Christ to help it and we are going to push through and do this because I can feel that something, and then those are always the ones that like something amazing comes from when we get an email from someone that that's exactly what they need. Yeah, and those are always the ones that Satan stops for that short period of time. Yeah, you can feel this where he's trying to to stop something from happening, you know, so yes, we give him too much credit sometimes, but yes, he does do this. Yeah, but that's what Paul's saying here is he tried again and again. He tried to get there, but Satan prevented him. That didn't mean it stopped him. It just prevented them from getting there. So it was far, yeah. so so you know so far. But that line just always gets me every time we read through mm-hmm. this book, which our family reads through this book quite often. In case you guys didn't guess that, but yeah, um, that one always gets me. Yeah, because it's like my favorite book for right now at this moment. Yes, verse nineteen. After all, what gives us hope and joy, and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? It is you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. I can't wait to meet Paul. I know. It will be... I know you can't wait to yeah, meet Paul, but I, I, gotta, mean, yeah. I mean, I have a list of people that I can't I've wait got, to meet. I've got... Yeah, that's my first go-to, I think. <laughs> well, I was said Jesus. Your first, but after Jesus, first, I think is the assumed. My first, yeah, non-Christ interaction, I think. You know, big character like that. Because you want to know involved. what exactly happened when he opposed. We were just Peter. talking about that this afternoon. I'm on a, I, my first question to him is going to be like, all right, dude, I just have to know. Opposed him to his face. What does that What does mean? that mean? What did that what, entail? What exactly did you say him? What exactly, like... Like, how did it go down? <laughs> I want to know. I just, I just, I love that one. All right. All right. Final chapter. Final today. chapter for today. I'm no, how are we on time so 30 far? minutes. Not bad. See, I told you about 45. Yeah. I was going to attempt, but we still got a whole nother chapter here. So let's see what I can do. Verse one. Morgan, pull out your stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> Finally, when we could stand it no longer. We, did, we decided to stay alone in Athens, and we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ. 
We sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come, and they did, as you well know. That is why, when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. All right, so this is where it might get time-consuming here. First, I want to point out that it's interesting that Paul was afraid. Yeah. That he was worried that his work would have been for nothing, in vain, that his that he would have lost the church, that their faith would have just fell apart. Which I think is a great... So not only was he... Yeah, he was just very, very concerned. But I think that's a great reminder to us because I think so often as we're reading through this, I mean, we almost get this, like, superhero... Holy-ish. Feeling off of... Which I know Paul would hate to even know that that's how some people feel, you know, based off of him. But it's not just Paul. It's Paul, it's Peter, it's all of Mm. them. You know, hearing them, they're these, like, larger-than-life characters. And to see him struggle in the ways that we struggle reminds us just how very normal human he is. Yeah, you know? because not only, and then he says, this is why when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy. He couldn't handle it. Yeah. So not only was he worried, but he was like, he was stressed. He was, I oh, yeah. mean, that's that's not always the same thing. But Timothy, you've got to go check you, this you, out. Like, you I just got to go. I can't handle it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, scared. Uh, there's there's all kinds of different emotions in that that he experienced that were very very real that are very uh, interesting to know. The other part of it is yes, the Thessalonian church. Paul knew, or Paul instructed all these churches, and they which they all knew that these times that they were going to be going through are not going to be the easiest because Rome isn't happy about this whole deal. They want all of this eradicated. This is going to be a nightmare. There's lots of people that are going to die. You have to stand strong in your faith because But these are the things that are going to be happening to you. So he was talking specifically to this church during this time while this thing while this was happening however this still means everything for us today still with being warned that we will have persecution we will have troubles that we going through this is a guarantee that troubles will come and and this is just something that is going to be common especially in believers and people ask the question why and we tell them just because you want to be a believer in Christ the world goes satan goes immediately against you well and this is regardless tries... of whatever your country's laws sure. might be Regardless. Well, regardless of whatever that might be, you might live in a country that loves Jesus and is all about Jesus. Maybe you do, but the world, yeah. Satan, does not. Does and not, that is right. always going to come out regardless of whatever peace and safety you might think you Right, have. that's going to be an attack mm-hmm. regardless. But I think that's something really big that we need to remember. Sure. Because we've grown up with such great peace and safety and assurity that we are free to well, we do su- all of this. Well, we assume because we have 
some Christian principles that the nation was founded on that, you know, then when we see this persecution that's happening to Christians, we get surprised about it. And this is one thing that you can't be surprised. These troubles, these things will come. Mm -hmm. The this 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 worldly order has goes against Christ and goes against his kingdom. So And that's where if anything, if you're going about what you consider to be your Christian life and you are facing zero opposition, there's from something the world, wrong, yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe you need to dig a little deeper through scripture and really see if your life is radically changed to live the way that we are instructed to. But the opposition will come on things that were were biblically pointed out that they that will be opposed. Like you see all these things that we get opposition on when a Christian speaks out against homosexuality, having a Christian homosexual view on that you're going to get flack for that mm -hmm. when a christian speaks out on on um politics politics school right family all gender of, money, all of those things uh, <laughs> everything all of those so yeah remind me what verse we're in again huh? Verse so you've been doing much better at this time i have i think us all uh, making funny for it. You've been working harder to know. Yeah, I wonder if people probably have like a counter of how many times <laughs> they forget things. I don't know. What would like a good, like, not unbiblical version of a drinking I know. Be? I was thinking of that. Like, take a sip of coffee every take time Brandon doesn't forgets know a verse. what verse he's on. Yeah. So sorry you didn't get to drink your coffee today or yeah. tomorrow. Verse 6. But now Timothy has just returned, bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering. Dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith, it gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. How we thank God for you because we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Night and day we, play, we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill the gaps in your faith. May God our Father and our Lord Jesus bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all the people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father. When our Lord Jesus comes again with all his holy people. Amen. 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 Any final comments on 1 through 3? Nope. Oh, Jesus coming again with all his holy people, though. Who yeah. are his holy people? That would be us. We are his holy people. So we're coming with him. We are coming with him. All right, guys. All right. We'll That's the end of chapter 3. Ha, ha, ha.